0: Bookies, I am so sorry that my first episode of 2023 is late. I don't know if y'all noticed, but I did not have an episode come out last week. But I promise you it's worth the wait. There are some juicy, juicy stories that I'm going to share today. So strap in, strap on, whatever you're into, and let's get going. <laughs> Alright, let's get right into it, y'all. Last week, New Year's Eve, I just have to tell you that I actually legitimately had a fun New Year's Eve. And it's been a while since I've had a fun one. And I'm really proud of myself because I went to a party. My friend threw a party. Oh, it's my friend's boyfriend. He threw a party at his house. It's up in this really swanky neighborhood in Salt Lake called The Avenues. And he has a really nice house. And it was a fun crowd. There was probably about 50 or 60 total people. And I didn't really know anybody there. There were just a handful of people I knew. And everybody was really chill. And it was fun. It was a good vibe. And there was a really cute guy there that I kind of had my eye on. (laughs) Kind of from the moment I walked in, I was like, okay. Um... We're going to call him Justin. That's not his name. Going to keep it anonymous. So throughout the night, I kind of like kept flirting, just kind of putting the vibe out there. And my roommate at one point was asking me because she was there with her boyfriend. And she's like, is there anybody you have your eye on? And I'm like, yeah, actually that guy over there. And she's like, well, let's go talk to him. So she was such a homie and she came over and just like started this conversation with he and I. And then she left us to it. So she kind of like opened the door for me. So thank you for being my wing woman. Um, Yeah, so we flirted all night and he was playing pool and I started to play pool and I kind of did like the sexy like a bend over and shoot it move. Y'all know what I'm talking about. We all do it. So midnight comes around and we're standing next to each other. And then he just kind of grabs me and kisses me. And it was so hot, you guys. It was a great kiss. Fantastic way to just bring in midnight in the new year. So then I was kind of like, hey, you should go put the pool stick down. So he does. <laughs> and I just did something so unlike old me and more like the renaissance me because this is my renaissance year guys and I pulled him into the bathroom and we made out like freaking high school kids for a good 20 minutes now I will say (laughs) he definitely wanted to do a little more but I was like homeboy we are in a bathroom and I am not about to hook up in a bathroom (laughs) but I will make out in a bathroom so it was really fun And yeah, I drove home that night, just kind of like on top of the world. I was like, all right, this is my revival year and I'm off to a good start. That was, that was a great way to start my year. I'm pretty pumped. Hot guy, hot makeout. I can't be mad about that at all. (laughs) Um... So yeah, then the next day, oh my gosh, let me tell you, my roommate, my my adorable wing woman roommate, ended up doing laundry the next day. And you guys, if you remember from my last episode, I was like, oh girl, you're going to be cursed? <laughs> you're going to have laundry all year? I didn't tell her though. I didn't want her to be sad about it. <laughs> so I'll keep you guys posted if her laundry kind of becomes ungodly amounts of laundry because of the the New Year's curse. So I'll keep you guys posted. So, two days after New Year's Eve, um, I had a date. This is a different guy. So I matched with this guy on Bumble. So for now we're just gonna call him Bumblebee. <laughs> so Bumblebee and I plan to go out this night and He, throughout our texting and our voice messaging and stuff, he was like, do you want me to plan it and tell you or do you want me to surprise you? So I said, why don't you surprise me? Tell me where to meet you. And I'm, you know, just surprise me. I'm not scared. I was a little scared. (laughs) But he didn't need to know that. So Bumblebee's like, all right, I got you. So he tells me, this is all he tells me. He says meet me at the gateway mall which is a an outdoor mall in salt lake at this time and we'll go from there and he said the only thing i'm going to tell you is our date has to do with the 80s so i'm going to take you back to 1984. june 1984 to be specific so for a couple days i'm like racking my brain like what could we possibly be doing (laughs) so i never really came up with any good ideas. So I just, I show up and we meet at this restaurant called Hall Pass that has a bunch of different restaurants inside of it. It's really cool. And he had done a little bit of research in knowing that I'm doing a very specific strict diet right now because of, I'm eventually going to train to do the NPC bikini fitness show in September. So this gentlemen had done all the research to find somewhere where I could actually eat. I was impressed. I was like, wow, like that's very thoughtful. And let me just say in person, he was so much more handsome than his pictures. Dressed very well, but like not overdressed, you know, for a date. Looked very nice. He's tall, dark, handsome, you know, the cliche, very cute. So Bumblebee gets an A, A plus actually for the looks we had great combo and looking up a place I could eat like hi that's kind of unheard of right now so great start with he and I so after dinner he's like okay are you ready to go to the 80s I'm like yeah I'm like dying to know what the heck we're going to do (laughs) so we walk up to the second level of this outdoor mall and he's like, okay, have you figured it out yet? I'm like, no, like, just tell me. See, so he's like, okay, have you seen the movie Karate Kid? I'm like, man, I have, but it's been forever. He's like, all right, well, let me remind you in the movie, the main character who I'm totally blanking on his name. <laughs> um, is it Daniel? Anyway, the main character, the Karate Kid, um, he takes a girl on a date in the movie and her name is Allie and they go to an arcade. So he's like, I've always wanted to go on a date like that. And he's like, and the fact that your name is Allie, like, it was just fate. And so there's a Dave and Buster's at this outdoor mall. And we went and played arcade games. And it was really fun. Like, it really was. It was a very surprising, breath of fresh air, fun date. So then he walked me all the way to my car. Um... There was a jazz game going on that night the jazz venue is right next to this mall so all the parking was gone we didn't realize there was a jazz game um so i had to park pretty far away so he walked me all the way to my car made sure it started and then i was like well let me drive you to your car and he's like oh no i'm fine i'll walk like what a gentleman you know like guys take note (laughs) this guy's a gentleman And then he told me that he wants to see me again so i will keep you guys posted if we have another day i'm hoping we do hoping there will be a a follow-up of bumblebee so i'll keep you guys posted and eventually i'll give him a new name when he earns it you know (laughs) but no kiss goodnight which i'm glad because i feel like sometimes if you kiss them right away then they lose interest or whatever so we'll see what happens with him but honestly Another great start to 2023, having a great date. I have not had a good date in so long. So that in itself was a win for me. So positive vibes already in 2023. Something that I've been reflecting on since choosing my word of intention for 2023 and after this first week of January, um, I'm really looking forward to reviving parts of my old self that I miss. And, you know, that's the whole inspiration behind revival. (laughs) Um, I have healed from a lot of trauma and I've come a long way in my healing journey, but because of a lot of the things I've been through, I have definitely like closed off parts of myself and I haven't really felt fully myself in a really long time. There's glimpses of it here and there. But I think back to like myself when I was in my 20s, because um, I didn't meet my ex until I was 27. So all the time leading up to that, I was a fun girl. I had so much fun in my 20s. Like, sometimes a little too much fun. But I think back to that person, and oftentimes it almost feels like a stranger. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm so far removed from that, that sometimes I think about memories, and I feel like I'm watching them as a movie, but I didn't live them. And then I have to remember, like, oh, that was me. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, that's part of my revival intention for this year. I want to, like, revive more of the old me. You know, I want to be more fun, more spontaneous. I want to keep going on dates. I'm going to hook up more and (laughs) um, just be more free with my sexuality. Um... Sorry for those of you that uh, don't like to hear about that. Maybe you just shouldn't listen to my podcast. Because <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be really open about it. I I don't think there should be shame in hooking up and being sexual. Like, I'm a grown-ass woman. <laughs> and if I want to have sex with somebody, I'm going to have sex with them. <laughs> you know, I'm in my prime, in my 30s. Like, I think it's silly to not and then I'll talk about it and to not you know celebrate things like that um because growing up in a very Christian household while there are a lot of good things um the purity culture and the shame that comes with that is really hard to deal with and so anyway another topic for another day but yeah so more hooking up is in my future, and I'm not talking about like hoeing around. I'm not going to go down a slut spiral, <laughs> but I'm gonna I'm gonna be more free. Um, I'm gonna go on more trips and travel more. I have a big girls trip planned at the end of May, and we're thinking we're going to Italy, but that could always change. And I'm trying to be more fun in all aspects of my life, including my fashion. I I feel like I used to be more fashion forward and then I got really like comfortable and uncomfortable with the way that I looked because of my weight. But now that I'm getting back to my old self and my old body, um, I'm gonna be more fun again. And let me just tell you, I have a headband problem. (laughs) Um, I wanted to say drama and I said problem at the same time. I have ordered eight different sparkly designed whatever headbands in the last three weeks. I don't know if I'm just going into my Blair Waldorf era, but I'm kind of here for it. (laughs) So that's just one way I'm trying to be a little more fun with my fashion. But anyway, those are some of my, my goals with reviving my old self. But now I am going to get into the stories that I plan on sharing. And the way that this kind of came about to do this episode, um, my sister, Missy, and I were having a conversation a couple days ago, and she had listened to one of my other episodes. And I had mentioned, um, man, I can't believe that there's never been like a reality show or anything made about the wild single scene in Utah. And she was kind of curious about that. She's like, tell me more. I'm so fascinated by that. Because I feel like Utah itself is just this enigma to people that don't live here. It's literally a place like no other, especially in the single scene. Like I've never seen anything like it or it's, it's so hard to explain. So I'll try to explain it through some of these stories that I'm going to tell you. So Missy, this is inspired by our conversation and I'm going to go into, uh, The wild single scene of Utah. (laughs) So, going into my first kind of story, um, from the moment I moved to Utah, which was in 2003, I noticed that there was just this dense amount of beautiful people that live here and i thought it was kind of like a fluke at first but no literally i feel like 90 percent of the people that live here are quote unquote part of the like considered attractive part of the population you know what i mean and maybe part of it is A high amount of people here don't drink or smoke or do drugs because of the you know very lds mormon population here um that could be part of it but i don't know the 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 rest of it could be maybe utah has one of the highest rates of plastic surgery i'm not sure if it does but i feel like it does from the amount of plastic surgery i see all around me at all times (laughs) and driving down our, our highway here in utah there are so many billboards for plastic surgery, dental work, you know, augmentation, you know, anything you can think of. <laughs> Liposuction. It's kind of wild. Um, I, I Most of the women that I know have fillers, injections, Botox, all that, which for the record, I have done none of those. They kind of freak me out. Um, nothing against them. They just freak me out. Um, maybe it's cause everybody here is outdoorsy and very active and physically fit. Like, I feel like every person I know rock climbs and snowboards and, you know, goes to the gym every day, runs marathons for fun, triathlons, you know, everybody here is so active. So maybe that's all adding into this, but whatever the case is, Utah literally has the most dense population of attractive people. And I honestly think it rivals like Hollywood. I know that's a big statement, but I feel like Hollywood just has that one tiny group of people that are considered beautiful, but here it's just like everyone is just glowing and beautiful, and it's kind of it's kind of nuts, so it's a little overwhelming <laughs> at times um so in two thousand eight, I had moved to Orem, Utah. I was finishing my bachelor's degree at Utah Valley University. I moved into a new apartment complex and this is where I met a really great group of friends who I'm still friends with most of them to this day. Um, And once I was kind of inducted into this group, they were like the fun, popular group that lived in my apartment complex, but I felt like they knew everybody and everybody knew them and they would throw big parties and so many people would come. And so once I got inducted into this group, I got to go on all these fun weekend trips and parties. Like we would go on weekend trips to Moab, weekend trips to Vegas. Um, and then when summer came around, I got to go to their second annual friend group trip to Lake Powell. So the year that I went, the first year, there were only about a hundred people. And I say only, that's a lot. But trust me, it gets bigger. Um, so about a hundred people, um, most from Utah, but there were some from Arizona. And cause Page, Arizona is where Lake Powell is. It's kind of in between Utah and Arizona. So we had a hundred people, two houseboats. I think we had about six ski boats. Um, we would bring all the food with us. We were all camping either on the beach or sleeping somewhere on top of or in, in the houseboats. Um, you know everybody's snuggling up um, we would cook meals on the boat um, usually just dinner and then we you know we're out on the ski boats all day we played volleyball everybody was hot <laughs> there wasn't an ugly person on that trip just to further my point about everybody being beautiful in Utah and then the last night we had like a glow stick party dance party because we had speakers and it was fun and You know, people are making out with each other, sneaking off to hook up, whatever. So that was my first kind of like look into the quote-unquote wild (laughs) single scene. Um, But the trips evolved and they got bigger and crazier because more people heard about our trips and this is when Facebook was really big so all these pictures would get posted on Facebook and they would all get like tons of likes and everybody could see what you're doing and everybody wanted to come and be invited next year and... Um, So the next really big trip that we did was we went to Las Vegas for Halloween. So there was about a hundred of us that went and all the girls, um, we planned to be saloon girls from like the wild west days. And then all the boys dressed up as cowboys. So this whole giant group of mostly LDS people are showing up to Vegas and we have this like huge group costume. So we stuck out and we got so much attention because also like I said, all these people are hot. <laughs> so the thing of like all these shirtless cowboys and then all these like hot <laughs> saloon girls in like kind of lingerie, pretty much lingerie, <laughs> you know, it's Vegas. <clears throat> um, so we rented six suites in the Venetian and then we all crammed into them. So like my room... I think there were four girls sleeping in the king-size bed. And then there was somebody on a cot, somebody sleeping on the couch. I think somebody slept on the floor. Somebody slept in the bathtub. I got so many people we had. <laughs> um, but we took over everywhere that we went. Any restaurant, the pool, any club that we went into. I think that's when Tao first was big. And we got into Tao and it was really fun. But, like, yeah, there was a ton of us and we got a lot of attention. Um you know, at the time, the majority of us didn't drink. Um, It was just funny to see how wild we could be without alcohol or drugs. You know, we were all just dancing high on life. And we got lots of attention. And lots of guys would try to buy the girls drinks. And we're all like, well, we don't drink, but we'll take a Red Bull. Because <laughs> this is back when I would actually drink energy drinks. They make me want to throw up just thinking about them now. But yeah, it's just funny. It was, it was a funny... The whole situation, it's just so funny to think back on. But it was really fun. Um, We uh, we started doing weekend trips to Arizona from Utah because some of our boys moved to Arizona. And that's where the party was. So we were like, all right, let's go down there. And then our one friend was dating one of the guys. And we were all roommates. So we would drive down. Literally, I feel like we almost went every weekend, which is crazy to think about. We were all in school. <laughs> And then we would leave on Friday and then come back like really late Sunday night. Like we would usually leave at midnight so that we could drive faster. There's usually less cops out. And then we would get home and go straight to school. Like, uh, that makes me just so tired just thinking about how we would do that all the time. Um, and here's a little side story that I'll tell about one of the times driving back from Arizona to Utah. This is a spooky story and I had to add it in here. So it was me and two of my girlfriends. we were all roommates at the time. And so we left Mesa, Arizona around midnight as we usually did. So we would normally get to around Page, Arizona. Uh, it was like three in the morning, two or three in the morning. And, you know, we'd be driving through a lot of the native American reservations. Um, And those were the best places to drive through because that's where there's usually less cops. So you can definitely speed, make up some time. So it's about three in the morning. Me and the the one girl are up front. She's driving. um, And then the third girl's in the back asleep. So she didn't even witness any of this. So we're just talking, trying to stay awake, not get tired. And there's this guy on the side of the road walking that we see. And he's Native American and... He had long hair. He had, a, he had a flannel shirt on, jeans. And we're like, he's walking out here in the middle of nowhere. There's, like, no cars. There's no buildings out here. It's literally, like, flat desert. We're like, wow, that's crazy. So then we keep talking. And then about maybe, like, 10 minutes later, we pull up to the first gas station we'd seen in a while. And we were like, well, we need gas. We stop the car. And that man that we had passed is standing in the parking lot. <laughs> And we freaked the hell out. I was like, how did he beat his hair? He's walking. I'm like, that's the same guy, right? And we were freaking out. And so we were like, just, I'm like, just drive. You cannot stop. Drive, drive, drive. So (laughs) she pulls out and we're freaking out. I'm like, okay, that's so wild. There's no way that that's the same guy. But I'm like, but it was, right? And she's like, yeah, that's totally, that was totally him. So we start thinking like, it's got to be a skinwalker because we're on a Native American Part of land you know and I'm like okay whatever we're freaking ourselves out and then we see the guy again a couple minutes later walking on the side of the road again I shit you not you guys so we just are on full, full on panicking at this point I'm like maybe we're hallucinating we are so scared so I think we turned like some Christian church music on <laughs> on our iPod at the time and we're just like trying to calm down I'm like oh my gosh it's so scary so I don't know if he really was a skin marker or not, but it was so creepy. Like I cannot even I cannot even tell you how scared we were. That was it was a pretty scary moment. So one of the more wild moments of our <laughs> of our drives back and forth between Utah and Arizona. Um so from there we we made much bigger like pal trips. And we would call them Lake Powell Paloozas. And our guy friends would like kind of run them and everybody would pay a certain amount of money to go. The guys paid more than the girls cause it was an incentive to get more girls to come. It's all business, you know? Um, but they got massive, like massive. We would have three plus houseboats. I think one of the last trips I went on was 2010 20... or 11. <laughs> We had three houseboats. I think there were only three, maybe four. Um, We would set up zip lines across the canyons, you know, because there's these big giant red rock canyons all around you at this lake. We had zip lines across them, jet skis, pulling tubes down like a giant ramp that people set up. Um, There was one night that the guys thought it was a great idea to do fire jump rope because a group of them had gone to Thailand a couple months before and they were like, oh they did it in Thailand, we can do it here. Horrible idea because a lot of people at this point were drinking and fire plus drunk people is not a good idea. I think one of the girls that did it, it hit her around her neck and she had like a third degree burn wrapping around her whole neck. It was kind of scary. So you know, some wild things happen. <laughs> um, and then one year we had this big tent that people put up, like an open kind of canopy tent. And we'd have dance parties under them. And this guy that was part of our friends group had like all the DJ set up because he was a local DJ. So we had this dance party this last night of the, the year, uh, the trip that year. And we had foam, we had a foam party. <laughs> and I just kept laughing. I'm like... There better be like contraception or spermicide or whatever in this foam because people are going to get pregnant in here (laughs) because people got freaky on these trips. And I don't know if it's just like you're out in the wilderness in this beautiful, I mean, it's a man-made lake, but it's beautiful. The canyons are breathtaking. Like it's one of the most beautiful places I've ever been. And we're all like camping in tents and there's just so many hormones and hot bodies and around each other all day in the hot sun and you're all tan and covered in like oil and then you know throw in this foam party but yeah and then there were people drinking and there were some people taking recreational drugs and yeah people are hooking up there's people having sex in tents like people that are all sleeping on top of this houseboat and sleeping bags and like the people next to you are like shacking up (laughs) like it happened and I mean I'm not hating on it because I did it (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I hooked up with this guy. It was the last year that I went. And I don't think anybody knew. But I felt like everybody knew. Because, I mean, we kind of fooled around. Around a bunch of people in sleeping bags. And I was like, everybody knows. But I don't think anybody knew. So whatever. Maybe maybe I could have taken that to my grave. But I still didn't say his name. So it's going to the grave with me. (laughs) But yeah, these parties... They got, they got kind of wild. Um, and there's one, one person that I'm going to mention because he's going to come back (laughs) in another story. Um, so I'm going to call him Mayday because he was just major drama. Like I was just in trouble anytime he was around and not in a good way, (laughs) So Mayday had a ginormous crush on me, and I don't know why. I don't know what it was about me that just like enthralled him. but he's this giant, obnoxious man that I wanted nothing to do with. And at these like pal trips, he would he would like follow me around. like there was this one moment where I was with a bunch of my girlfriends floating on these floaties out in the water to just like tan, and he come swimming out just screaming my name like, I'm coming for you, babe. And I'm like, guys, no, like you have to hide me. And they would just laugh and be like, she's over here, Mayday. <laughs> and he would always try to sit by me and he'd always make jokes that we were dating and oh my gosh, Mayday. So keep him in the back of your mind because he's going to come back later. Um, so yeah, anyway, Lake Paltrips got real feisty. They were very spicy. Very fun, and I have so many good memories from Lake Powell. But they're just, they're spicy. And you wouldn't think of that like, oh, going to the lake for a weekend. They were wild. So, our other trips that we would do normally brought us to Mexico. Um, A place called Puerto Penasco, Rocky Point, Mexico. It's a couple hours south of Mesa. So when our guy friends moved there, they learned that this is like the place to go for vacation because it's literally like a couple hours you drive south and you're there. So we started planning massive trips to Mexico with our group of friends and whatever other hot singles we could invite. (laughs) And they got wild. (laughs) We would rent six to eight giant condos and everybody would bunk up just like we did in Vegas. Like, I think I was usually in a bed with four girls at least. Um, You know, it's just, it's fun. (laughs) So when you stayed at this resort, you had to have a bracelet that was a certain color to prove that you were staying there so you could be on the private beach. And there were these security guards that would walk around. And if you didn't have a bracelet, they would kick you out. So we had to be really careful. And some years we would figure out what color the bracelets were and we would go to like a party store and buy a roll of them and then just have our own. Super smart, I know. But some years we couldn't figure it out. So we would have to like get kind of creative and make sure they were loose on our wrists and then like swap them with each other. But there was one time where me and one of my girlfriends were walking on the beach towards our condo building and the security guards started yelling at us and chasing us because we didn't have bracelets. So we're like, all right, we got to haul ass. So she's like, we can outrun him. So we just start booking it. We get to the elevator and we're like, it's going to take too long. So we just have to run up these eight flights of stairs. And then we just slam the door in our condo. and We just wait until he's gone. <laughs> so it got a little spooky sometimes because you had to, you know, trick the security guards. But we always figured it out. Um, so all day we would be on a beach, perfect weather, eighties, nineties, um, we'd play volleyball, you know, tan, go swim in the many pools that were there. And then at night we would all go into town for tacos and dancing. And there was one club in particular we would always go to, and I cannot for the life of me remember what it's called. So maybe one of you know what it's called. But we would literally take over this club because there were, like, at least 100 of us. And it was always so fun. Um, Just wild dancing as usual. (laughs) Um, And there was one time also that we were driving back from this little town, back to the resort, and we were in a truck. My friend, my guy friend was driving, and I was in the front seat next to him. And then there are a bunch of people in the back seat and then a whole bunch of people in the bed of the truck because it's mexico they usually don't care about that um so we get pulled over by these sketchy looking policia on like four wheelers and they have vests on but it's like written in sharpie policia so they pull us over and my guy friend's like all right everybody be cool and i'm like we're gonna get sex trafficked i'm like freaking the f out i'm like nope we're in the sketchy alley like they're totally gonna murder us or they're gonna sex traffic all the girls I'm like, you gotta, you gotta just get out of here. I'm like, just hit the gas. They can't catch us on those things. I'm like, your truck is fast. So he like opens the back window to everybody in the bed of the truck. He's like, everybody hold on. And he just like peels out like it's a movie. <laughs> and we're just like racing through these streets in this Mexican town, outrunning these fake cops. Cause the, we knew that they probably just wanted money. And we got back to the resort. <laughs> Not our finest hour, but It was worth it because we didn't have to pay them. But I was so scared. So there were some sketchy things that happened. Um, For the most part, a very safe town, though. Um, But, of course, Mexico trips are not complete without the hooking up. There was so much hooking up in shared bedrooms, in hot tubs, on the beach. I personally spent a night sleeping on the beach with someone. because we didn't want to make out in a room with like eight other people so we're like let's go sleep outside because it was actually really nice at night probably not the smartest thing to sleep on a sketchy beach in mexico but we survived (laughs) um so yeah we had some we had some good memories in mexico i i definitely think fondly of a lot of these trips, Lake Pal, Mexico, Vegas, like we definitely had a lot of fun. I wasn't lying when I said I had a lot of fun in my 20s. (laughs) Another type of party slash gathering that our friends in our singles group would have later on in the years of our friendship was if somebody got married so for a while I mean we were all single for the most part nobody even had relationships it was just like everybody was single every man and woman for themselves sort of thing (laughs) um but yeah uh the first big wedding was two of our friends that married each other um so they got married, and it was really fun because we did a joint bachelor-bachelorette weekend in Vegas because we were all already friends. And that, of course, was a blast, like all of our other Vegas trips. Um, so they they got married, and then there was another couple that were both friends in the group that got married the next year. And their wedding was super fun. Like, it's just a big gathering of all our friends. Of course it's going to be fun. <laughs> Um, and then there was another friend in our group that got married, um, and I can't remember what year it was, but this is when I lived in Arizona, when all the guys lived in Arizona. Um, and so this girl lived in Arizona, so the wedding was down there. And so all the people from Utah came down and then a bunch of her friends from high school came from different parts of the country and his friends, you know, so it was like an even bigger gathering. And it was so much fun. We all went out um I think two nights before and then the wedding was fun and then we had a big after party. All of our guy friends lived in this giant mansion that was like a foreclosure and then they convinced the guy that owned it to like let them rent it out. So it's like literally a massive like eight to ten bedroom mansion that had a pool in the background, like, in the backyard, like, like, think of all the houses in, like, uh, Selling Sunset. (laughs) Like, it was that type of house. And all these single dudes are living in it. (laughs) Perfect for parties. So we all have this after party there. And half the people are drinking, half are not. And May Day... Was at the wedding. (laughs) And I had not had to see Mayday for a long time. So of course I'm avoiding him like the plague as always. So thankfully he uh, had his eyes on another girl that was there. This feisty little thing. And so they end up disappearing later that night. Um, We all assume that, you know, they hook up. So the next morning, a bunch of people are down in the kitchen... You know, grabbing whatever. Some people are nursing hangovers. Other people are making breakfast. (laughs) And this girl comes down that had been with Mayday. We're like, oh, hey, girl, how was your night? (laughs) She's like, oh, you know, it was all right. We're like, yeah, was it? (laughs) And she's like, yeah, so I'm going to go. We're like, okay, whatever. Walk of shame, whatever, you know, no judgment. So she leaves. So whenever Mayday wakes up, we get the real story. (laughs) Apparently, they start hooking up in the bed. I don't know if whose bed they were in. <laughs> Glad it's not mine because of what you're going to hear in the story. But so they're in some bed in this house. They start hooking up. Clothes start coming off. And he said he was on top of her. And they're like, you know, getting to it, having sex. And he's like, suddenly I had to fart. And I'm like, I'm just going to let it go. I think it's going to be silent. <laughs> so he lets one rip. And of course, it's not silent. And so he said he kind of stops. He's like frozen. And he, and this girl is like, um, it, it's okay. Like, we can keep going. He's like, no, I don't think we can. She's like, no, I, I think it's okay. We can just move past it. He's like, no, I'm pretty sure I just shit all over you. <laughs> So he should not have trusted that, that particular fart. So anyway, needless to say, their, their night ended with them sh- having to shower off. I don't know if they ended up going back to business or what, but anyway, I think Mayday is the perfect nickname for him because it's always an emergency when he is around. <laughs> oh. So yeah, um, the single scene in Utah, This is just like a tiny glimpse into it. And this, you know, these are some stories from obviously several years ago. This is literally just dipping the tiniest little baby toe into this giant ocean of what is the Utah single scene. And I can definitely tell more stories. They will always, for the most part, be anonymous. So don't worry anybody. And if you're worried that I'm gonna tell a story about you, maybe there's a reason you should be worried (laughs) maybe you did something bad i'm just kidding i will keep them anonymous um but yeah you know don't knock utah till you try it it's it's a fun place sometimes the culture definitely is hard most days and the snow like let me just tell you it has been raining and or snowing literally i think since the week of christmas like every day and we always just get to play this real sketchy game in utah which lane am i driving in because i don't know why utah has not adopted the um road paint that glows when light hits it because i think that would save a lot of lives i just hate it when it's like raining or snowing and i can't see the lanes and i'm just like jesus take the wheel and just hoping that i make it home safely (laughs) So yeah, there are some things that are tough in Utah. But there is a side of it that is really fun and really spicy. Especially if you're single. So like I said, don't knock it till you try it. Maybe come visit. Check it out for yourself. But that is the end of my episode. Episode four. I hope you enjoyed yourselves. I hope you learned something. I hope you were entertained. (laughs) And I... We'll be back next week. Thanks for joining me. Stay weird.